0: Hello, and welcome to this week's My News Wrap, news from the world of SAP, Microsoft, and the world in between. Let's get started with the SAP side of the house. Um, There I have, yeah, basically two news. Unfortunately, nothing around Kima, but maybe there might be some news about Kima in the near future. So let's get started what's already out there in the SAP world. And there is now the version 2.0 of the SAP Cloud SDK available for JavaScript. That was announced in beta a few weeks ago, and now the final version is out there. Um, there are some changes in there. The blog post basically describes what are the, the major changes, the major um, that they did within this release. And um, there is also an upgrade guide uh, referenced within the uh, blog post. So if you are planning the upgrades, then make sure that you have a look at that upgrade guide. Because if I remember correctly, there are some changes that might break something. Um, Yeah. And then there is another blog post that is quite interesting by a very well-known member of the SAP community, namely Marius Obert, who is now um, developer advocate at Twilio. And there is the first blog post, or it's not the first blog post, but I think the first technical blog post uh, by him around how to send and receive SMS um, using Twilio um, as a service with the SAP Cloud Application Programming model. And that's really interesting. So it's enhancing the, or using the SAP Cloud Application Programming model and hooking in the options that you have with Twilio in order to do the the SMS handling. That's really cool. That's really nice. And I hope to see more in that area um, because I think that's, that's where things go, bringing together the best of all worlds, combining them, and adding value there. So highly appreciated. Very nice blog post. Now with that. Uh, We're already through with the purely SAP news that crossed my path. So let's switch to the Microsoft side of the house. Let's start with a super cool blog post by Wilbeleta around implementing feature flags in Azure Functions by using the Azure service Azure app configuration. So um, the Azure app configuration allows you to define feature flags amongst other features that, that are in there in this service. And this blog post shows you how to set that up and then how to consume the um, service, namely the feature, feature flag feature of Azure App Configuration within Azure Functions. And that, of course, comes with all the goodies that come along when using feature flags in production. So that's really cool. Um, to be honest, I didn't really, I think, actively know about Azure App Configuration, um, but that's definitely something to take a closer look at because that's super valuable um, in productive use cases. Then another blog post around um, Azure Functions by Aaron Powell um, about his Open API extension that he wrote for JavaScript Azure Functions. So as you might know, there is the support for .NET Azure Functions to create um, or to generate Open API definitions within Visual Studio. And there is nothing around the other languages that are supported with uh, for for Azure functions, <clears throat> and now with this um, contribution by Aaron Paul that is, I think already quite some month old, you can now also um, generate or create Open API definitions for uh, JavaScript and TypeScript functions. So you just have you basically have to uh, install the npm package, and then um, adjust your function in order to expose the uh, Swagger or Open API definition. There are several versions supported. So take a closer look at that package. I think quite quite useful um, for that kind of functionality. Then, um, Azure Functions University is also uh, starting again this year. I think it's the first session, if I'm not completely wrong, um, from the Azure Functions University this year. And it's about consuming or calling third-party REST APIs using refit, which is a purely .NET topic. Um, The video is already out there. So if you want to consume that, if you want to take a look at that, I have also referenced the link to the YouTube video. Of course, all the information is also available in the Azure Functions, Azure Function University GitHub repository. Yeah, with that, um, some announcements around um, Azure Functions. So first, an official uh, public preview. Uh, the Azure Tables extension for Azure Functions got a new public preview version that is available as a NuGet package, which um, yeah connects to Cosmos DB tables APIs, and uh, and that's I think the most important point. Um, is now able to connect to storage tables using identity-based connections. So that's something that is continuously rolling out throughout the Azure Functions uh, universe, so to say, um, to allow this identity-based connections um, for all the bindings that are out there. There are some other um, additions for .NET um, customers in order to be able to bind to types from Azure Data Tables and to use tables alongside the V5 storage extension, which is uh, generic um, functionality. As usual, that's a public preview. So um, it's not yet, if you're not using um, .NET functions, you uh, usually install these this extensions via the extension bundle mechanism. Of course, as this is a preview, you cannot do that. That's not part of the extension bundle mechanism. So what you have to do is you really have to manually install the NuGet package that is referenced within the public preview blog post. And then, as we already have this identity-based connection topic, there is also a pull request on the Azure Functions Durable extension um, that adds this functionality, so the identity-based connection support for the Azure Web Storage in the Azure Durable Functions extension. The pull request is merged, so it's part of the repository, but it's not yet part of the um, new version that will come out soon. So that will then be the, the version 2.7.0 of um, the Durable Functions extension. Yeah, with that, um, I'm at the end for the serverless part. So let's switch to the other side, to the container side. Um, first, a little announcement if you're using K3D. Uh, the GitHub repository of K3D is moving. Uh, towards the k 3 d IO organization in order to make it completely crystal clear that K3D is a community-owned project. Um, I have referenced the kind of tweet that, that announced that and also the official or the new official um, GitHub repository, which is now located under K3D-IO and K3D. The rest remains the same. Then one announcement around um, AKS Azure Container Azure Kubernetes Service, pardon me, um, which now supports in a public preview the version one point twenty three. So if you want to have a sneak peek and an early look at how that works with AKS, then this public preview is something for you. If you are not yet sure or if you do not know what's coming with um, version one or what came with version one point twenty three. Look at my last My News Web session, because there I referenced the um, Rosenheim Azure Meetup, where the folks from White Dark presented all the news around version 1.23. Super valuable. So if you do not know that yet, then look at that one. And if you want to try it out on AKS, here you go. It's available with public preview. Then uh, when working with Kubernetes, you might spend some time with debugging. And there is a very nice blog post around debugging namespace deletion issues in Kubernetes, which can be quite some fun, to be honest. And this blog post gives you some hints um, how to get started and how, hopefully, to resolve those those issues when you run into them. And in the same context, there is a tweet thread uh, that I've referenced within the show notes around um, the top eight commands by Daniel Bryant around uh, debugging applications running on Kubernetes. So that's also quite nice to see. So what are kind of the the first three steps that, that Daniel uses in order to get his hands on debugging applications, especially if they have issues on Kubernetes? And that's um, really cool. Uh, some <clears throat> um, links that give you a bit more information are also referenced within this tweet thread. So uh, hopefully some stuff that helps you. Then uh, some announcements around the ecosystem of Kubernetes. Uh, One is that Chaos Mesh moves to the CNCF incubator status. So it's then basically under the umbrella of CNCF. what is Chaos Mesh? Chaos Mesh is a chaos engineering platform that allows you to execute uh, chaos experiments in Kubernetes. So in order to make sure that Kubernetes is really resilient, Introducing all the fun stuff around um, chaos engineering. And that's quite good news that that's also now under the CNCF umbrella or started to run under the CNCF umbrella. And then, um, kind of a highlight, I think, for me, uh, from the area of KEDA. And there is an introduction of a new autoscaler called Predict Cube which is an AI-based predictive autoscaler made by Dysnix. So I don't know Disnix to be honest. But um, this blog post that I referenced guides you through what this um, scalar can do for you. And that's really interesting, because all the other scalers are kind of basically, it's an if statement, right? So if the load is, or if the message payload is across some boundary, then scale up. And if it's below with some grace period, scale it down. Um, that's basically it. And this scaler now goes into a different direction because it uses um, AI, or to be precise, it uses time series predictions. So it takes the data, and according to the blog posts, around two weeks of data are sufficient um, in order to train the AI model. And then it uses that AI model in order to do the um, auto-scaling. So that's really, really interesting. Um, it uses under the hood for the matrix um, Prometheus. So basically, you can use anything um, for that scaling. So that's really interesting. And I'm surprised that um, due to the hype around AI, nobody was was doing that before. But that's, that's, I think, really a cool move for uh, scaling Kubernetes workloads. Uh, With that, let's switch to Azure Container Apps. There are also some news around those. Um, First of all, some... I think quite useful thingy. Um, if you want to get in touch with uh, folks around Azure uh, Container Apps, there is now a new channel, and that's the Discord channel, and that's referenced from the Azure Container Apps GitHub repository. I have put the link within the show notes. So if you want to um, get in touch with people there, then make sure that you are on the Discord channel, and then. Another thing that was not so super well received uh, was an announcement that the namespace migration takes place for the APIs to um, provision Azure Container Apps. So there is a change from Microsoft.Web to Microsoft.App. Now, what does that mean? For the portal, nothing changes, of course. For um, Azure CLI, you have to make sure that in March 2022, I think it's really at the at the beginning or in the early March of 2022, you have to install the new um, Azure CLI extension for Container Apps. If you're using ARM templates or Bicep, then you really have to do something because, and that's also described within this this announcement issue on the GitHub repository. You have to update the API version and you have to update the endpoints for Container Apps for Cube Environment and um, the, the property cube environment ID has to be switched to manage environment ID. That's something that was not super well-received by everybody. So there is also a tweet, uh, that's, that I have a reference in the show notes that says that's not the coolest move that they made. Um, and yeah, it's something that you now have to think about. I mean, that's kind of also a bit of the downside of, um, the beta that is quite run- running now since quite some time, um, and then in the same context there is a nice blog post also by Vivelita, so second blog post on the show around creating and provisioning Azure Container Apps with Bicep. So that's quite um, um, basic in the in the best of all senses walk through um, how to deploy Azure Container Apps making use of Azure Bicep. Now be aware and that's also referenced within the blog post. Um, there is the old API that is referenced in there. So if you take a look at the blog post, you will see when coming to the Azure Container App specifics that the endpoints that are referenced are Microsoft.web. So that's, those, those are exactly the ones that have to be switched then in March to Microsoft.app with all the other things that have to be changed. Nevertheless, if you want to get started, if you want to professionally deploy um, Container Apps, namely via Bicep, this blog post gives you a great starting point. And then um, another fascinating proof of concept around Azure Container Apps is using Azure Container Apps and KEDA for auto-scaling to create self-hosted scalable DevOps agents, so runners within your Azure DevOps environment, and deploying them using Azure DevOps and Azure CLI. So um, by Thomas Thornton, really super interesting post. From my perspective. However, there is one glitch that is also referenced in there that um, there might be some issues in conjunction with KEDA because the agents that you um, deploy might be removed at any point in time, depending on, on how the, the scaling is defined. So that's um, something that you have to keep in mind. Nevertheless, super decent blog post. And with that, we are already in the world of uh, DevOps. So let's take a look what's new in the area of GitHub this week, there is one new feature around wiki pages. You can now upload images to wiki pages, as you could already do for for um, issues, for example. So just drag and drop them, and they are there. Then another, from my perspective, great feature that they added is you can now include diagrams in your Markdown files via Mermaid. So Mermaid allows you to define diagrams in a, in a JavaScript style. So it's a kind of markdown niche, um, which is now correctly rendered um, with um, uh, GitHub, on GitHub pages, and on on anything around GitHub. So that's, that's really cool. Then some new features or some some information um, from GitHub is around code scanning. So um, they are now introducing also machine learning features in order to make um, code scanning better, to improve it with respect to vulnerabilities. Um, And the blog post that I've referenced within the show notes kind of walks you through um, why why GitHub decided to do that, how they are doing that, and especially how you can benefit from that. So currently, this experimental feature is available for JavaScript and TypeScript analysis. And it's part of um, two analysis suites, namely security extended and security and quality. So if you are using those ones, then um, yeah, you might already benefit from this experimental feature. And then another blog post from GitHub, uh, this time around GitHub Stars. So if you are on Twitter, you might have seen that the GitHub Stars Renewal cycle started, so there are now uh, the the new and old and new GitHub stars, um, again, nominated. And the blog post GitHub stars in our eyes that I've referenced within my show notes now um, presents you some members of this round of this GitHub stars community um, and what they do. And um, yeah, really interesting to see. All the the different and diverse uh, people that are part of this great community. So, definitely worth reading. With that, let's switch to the world in between SAP and Microsoft. And of course, as every Saturday, we have the SAP on Azure Video Podcast with a new edition. And this time, a bit more um, developer focused, uh, the one with. SAP Fiori, Azure App Gateway, and Azure Active Directory. So how can you combine those things um, in order to have internet-facing SAP Fiori applications? Quite a lengthy one this time. So it's around one, one hour and 17 minutes. So there is quite some stuff to talk about. Um, but I think very, very interesting and very valuable if you have this scenario and probably most of the customers using Fiori have that. Then um, another blog post from the SAP community around bringing together of best of both worlds, namely the CI-CD pipeline um, functionalities from SAP BTP and from Azure DevOps. So that's really great to see that um, those two worlds get combined more and more, and the value is seen that those stuff should be combined together. And this blog post guides you through um, the configuration that you have to do in order to combine those two uh, two worlds in a reasonable fashion. And then, um, just to remind you a bit, I have um, highlighted the blog post series about SAP and Microsoft Teams integration uh, some time ago. And this is now picking up speed. So there are now five um, five posts out, five of nine, around the combination of those two worlds, um, focusing on an HR scenario and integrating success factors, which is, from my perspective, a very natural scenario. And then last but not least from this series, uh, a new edition or uh, a new episode of the blog post series by Martin Reppler around um, principle propagation in multi-cloud solutions. This time it's not a blog post, it's more a book. So it's more than a, at least estimated 30 minutes of read. Uh, it's a super extensive blog post and um, it's built upon the other ones. So it's really the fifth part that um, details out Now, uh, the area of introducing API management and introducing infrastructure management, namely um, monitoring, and also really combining all the worlds, also making use of Azure Arc. So that's really um, definitely worth reading. As usual, super high quality by Martin. Now, let's see what's to say about learning and events. And there, I only have one highlight, but a super valuable one, namely a new um, video by uh, Golo Roden around um, test-driven development. And uh, with a little, uh, well, catchy title, uh, namely, why is TDD overrated? And this is really, really an interesting video, definitely well-spent 20 minutes. As usual with Golo, but I really like that one also very, very much. And that's all. No new events that crossed my path, to be honest. Um, So let's go to the developer experience section. And there is, um, well, one new blog post that's of interest for you if you're using Windows 11 or if you have already the honor to use Windows 11 on your working laptop, which I do not have. Um, nevertheless, there are some cool announcements around uh, Windows 11 um, that, that are coming out. So there is now the Amazon App Store preview. Not sure why it's just Amazon, but that's it is what it is within the Microsoft Store. And there are some enhancements around the taskbar that are really cool. And I like the one um, that you can now share any app that you have open or a PowerPoint whatsoever within Teams by just clicking on the on the um, icon in the taskbar. So that's, I think, super valuable. And there is also an update around Notepad, funnily. So uh, oldie but goldie. And there well are more innovations coming up. There is even more in there. But I think those are really the highlights for me. And then um, last blog post that I'd like to reference for today Is a blog post, unfortunately, available only in German language around hybrid work at Microsoft Germany. So some testimonials from um, employees of Microsoft Germany telling their experience with hybrid work. And also there are some um, links within the blog post that give you some more information or give you some tips and tricks, for example, around accessibility. Um, again, something I think worth reading, especially in today's world where hybrid work is the normal from my perspective. Now, with that, I'm at the end of today's session and I hope I had some interesting news for you, some stuff to catch up with, some stuff to take a closer look at. And with that, I wish you a nice Saturday, a great Sunday, uh, super successful next week. And we will see again next Saturday. Until then, bye.